We're going to start as we always do. Welcome to Uncivilized Unplugged. If you're not driving, please do me a favor and put your feet flat on the floor. Close your eyes and just take a minute to drop into your body. Take a minute to let whatever happened today or whatever you're going through or is circling in your life, just to be on a shelf. And see if you can find that little flicker of a flame that exists about two inches below your belly button. And if you can't find it, you can imagine it there. This source of truth. This place where your power lives. This center. Feel into or imagine warmth from this area running down your legs running up your spine, over your skull, and down through your chest and down your arms. If you want, place your hand on your stomach and breathe into it. When you inhale, push your stomach out against your hand. When you exhale, pull it in. If you're not familiar with this area, now's a really good time just to introduce yourself to it. And take your other hand and place it on your heart. And feel the difference in the sensations between the two areas. Feel the partnerships that exist between these two places, your heart and your center. Love and power, love and strength. Collaborating partnership here, homies. Perhaps masculine and feminine, perhaps yin and yang. More importantly than it would, what it means to me or anybody else is what it means to you. And for you just to know that you have access to these areas. And you have access to this partnership. Anytime and all the time. And all you have to do is take a deep breath. and find yourself here. Drop your hands down into your lap. Couple more breaths together. <sighs> Breathe out anything that's gonna keep you from being present on the call. Begin to wiggle your fingers and toes. And then at your own pace, maybe roll your shoulders back. Begin to blink your eyes open and come back into the room. Mm, exactly. And welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <clears throat>
Welcome to the Uncivilized Unplugged, which I like to say is the world's number one live podcast. Maybe. We're just going <laughs> to claim it. <laughs> we just get to make shit up. So yeah, this is the actual number one as voted by my best friend, Drew Scudis, who's not on this call, but told me I was doing a really great job. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Great. My name is Trevor Bohm. For those of you that don't know me, I'm the founder of the Uncivilized Men's Movement, the Man Uncivilized Course, and the Uncivilized Nation. And my mission uh, is to change the way one million men express their masculinity by taking what I think is being, mm, let's just say, not looked at highly, which is the primal masculine, and then adding in the divine aspect of consciousness. This podcast that you're listening to um, came about as a challenge that someone gave me to say, how can you find the most interesting people that no one's ever heard of or a few people have heard of? And so that was my goal was to bring on people who have fascinating stories and are so willing to share their stories and share their knowledge with us. And tonight we have an absolutely, we're just one of my absolute favorite humans in the whole wide world. Um, someone who once told me, I hope the universe squirts her magic all over you. And uh, that is probably one of the sweetest things any human has ever said to me. And we are just going to invite you. This is the deal with Unplugged. You get to come sit in both of our living rooms while we just have a conversation. And we have a very open and frank conversation. Uh, just to set the frame for tonight, um, if you're listening to this in the car with little kids, you may not want to. Um, yeah. If you're, uh, Jamie and I, are my guest tonight, and I have zero sexual shame. So we speak very openly about sexual topics, and we're going to be talking about sexual topics tonight. So let that be, as I guess you kids these days say, a trigger warning or whatever the hell it is. But just know what you're getting yourself into. And why did I have Jamie come on? Great question. About two months ago, I had this confluence of events happen at the same time. One, I read the, uh, the Atlantic article, which you guys haven't, on the state of sex here in the U.S. And I was dead sure it was going to say, everybody's fucking. Everybody's having great sex. Like Tinder, dating apps, like all these things are just pushing Instagram. We're pushing sex to the roof. And it did not say that it actually said the opposite. It said, Americans are having the least amount of sex they've ever had. And I went, oh, that's fascinating. Why is that? And if you read this article, it's super, super thorough. And I think really unbiased because it looks at these, this issue from a number of different angles. One of the main reasons why was because people would have bad sex and then give up on sex. They'd quit. Like whoever taps, like, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of it. And I thought, wow, that's one that's horrible on so many different levels, given uh, the power, the beauty, the amazing healing ability of sex, the connective ability of sex. And then in the same day, so I filed that in my brain. <clears throat> in the same day, I spoke with a man named Thad, Than Bardson, who runs uh, We Are Unseen, which is a anti-sex trafficking um, company, uh, a nonprofit. And he was telling me, he's like, Oh, I'll come down and visit you when I'm in Colorado. And I thought, why do you guys, why do you guys, why are you in Colorado? Why aren't you in Thailand and Vietnam and the Philippines and places like that? 
which he told me he also went to uh, quite often. And he said this sentence, which made me want to punch someone in the face. He said, oh, because the U.S. is still the number one consumer of children sexually. I went, okie dokie then. Um, I need to take a deep breath and go outside and then come back inside. And I thought to those two points in my head were circling each other and thought, okay, if we keep sex in the shadows, if we don't talk about it, if people aren't comfortable with it, it will still be consumed, it will still be had, but it'll be had in the shadows. And that's not just for men, even though that's one of the ways we go is prostitution and um, unfortunately, underage sex. And with women, it's gonna go a different way, but none of it's healthy. None of it, it's like, here are all the great things, and for those of you who can't see, I'm, my hands are up high, it's in the light. And here's where it exists. This is what we see when it's kept in the shadows, right? Um, Americans are having less and less sex, but yet we're spending like a trillion dollars a year on pornography. So, hmm, what do you know? So let me please introduce, with that lovely, uh, <laughs> lovely lead-in, let me please introduce our guest for tonight, one of my favorite humans in the world, who I said, um, every time we get together, we end up like, hey, you wanna have a 10 minute conversation? And three hours later, there have been tears and laughter and hugging and, and openness and, and just completely, uh, just some of the most, some of my favorite conversations in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Jamie Thompson. Jamie, welcome to Unplugged. Oh, we can't hear you. I think you're, did I mute you? Hold on one sec. Oh my goodness. Talk about, did that work? Wait, we're, we're, there we go. Oh. Hi. Okay. Hi. Okay, Sorry good. about that. We were playing with the mute button together. Okay. <laughs> it's so great to be here. And um, thank you for the, you know, there's a lot of gravitas in what you just said. And I feel like often, you know, you and I end up laughing and we probably will at some point in this oh, conversation. Yeah, we will. We will. yeah. And I think it's also important to remember how much this conversation matters. Mm. That, that sex isn't just a novelty that right. we get to enjoy on occasion, you know, if everything else is going well in our life. It's actually... Mm a way to transmute consciousness and it's actually a way to wake up mm. and it's a way to become more healthy integrated human beings such that the things that you're talking about of like the culturally repressed shame shadow isn't yeah. coming out in these unconscious ways right. so i just it, it has me be in a lot of reverence mm. for this conversation yeah. This moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah jamie can you tell people I know I ask you in the most like masculinely structured way possible of uh, before on the calls, like Jamie, what are you building? I'm like, um, can you can you just tell everybody a little bit about about you, what you do, and really what inspires you? Absolutely, um, I'm I'm really passionate about waking the fuck up, mm. and w one of the ways that I see of doing that is supporting people in harnessing and activating their life force energy mm -hmm. through bringing consciousness to their erotic life mm. such that people end up having a gourmet earth shattering sex life and soul quenching intimacy. Ooh. And when we have that, then we can be more impactful 
more inspired, more creative human beings that are actually out there building and affecting change in the world instead of playing out our unconscious patterns. I think we're good. Thanks. Uh, holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. I remember when, yeah. when we first talked, you said um, when people own and fully express their sex lives, they just become maniacs in their real world as far as yeah. what they're able to, to accomplish. Can you just make a tiny link for, absolutely. for people here and for people listening? Uh, we're talking about the upper level aspect of sexuality. We're, we're including sexuality and consciousness. And we're going to talk about that tonight. And we're also going to get into some on the ground conversational things that people can do to have better sex too. So can you help, help me and help people listening connect better sex, better at fucking shit up in the world? Right. So I look at the bedroom as the greatest personal development tool that no one ever taught us how to use. <laughs> we did not. Wait, wait, wait. Please say that again. Please. <laughs> the bedroom is the greatest personal development tool that no one ever taught us how to use. So in high school sex ed, they were like, hey, put this condom on a banana. But they weren't like, you can actually learn how to mm -hmm. fully express yourself set boundaries, receive and surrender and mm. open your divine channel through this act that we're about to teach you about. Nobody set that context for us, right? They, right. they talked about, you know, condoms and bananas and STDs and, right. um, you know, abstinence or something, right. right? I remember, you know, it's like my, my parents, I was raised Christian, okay. you know, my, so, so my parents were like, no, you don't have sex until you're married. And so I'm like, well, that's How'd it. That work? <laughs> I've been having orgasms since I was five. So I'm a little mm. bit confused, mom and dad, like what the, this, how are you telling me this thing is wrong? Right. right so right. anyway, um, mom and dad, I love you. We, we've talked about this. They, yeah. they know. Okay. And okay. Good. Anyway. But the point is, is that, um, that when we are fully expressed and mm. able to be in touch with our deepest desires in the bedroom, mm -hmm. it opens us up in our life. So it opens up many different channels. One is the creative channel or the divine channel. Yeah. The, the, and another is the subtle attunement to detail and energy. Mm. Another is your, your primal energy, which is one of the things you and I connect on often right. of, of really knowing your boundaries and knowing how to communicate th about them. Mm. And another one is it really ignites your fire. Mm. You know, it's like, it's like people who are turned on, who have life force flowing, Right. And a great way to turn on your life force and get it flowing is through your sex life. Yeah. Are maniacs in the world, like you said. I mean, mm -hmm. people they they have this ability, we have this ability to actually go for what we want and have a greater impact and take up more space and receive more yeah. through activating the energy that is present in our erotic body. Woof. I'm probably going to take a deep breath after every time you talk and just try to integrate and, <laughs> <laughs> and let the Bible of knowledge that you just dropped settle in. Uh, you said a great term that I would love to dissect and open a bit, which is full expression with sexuality. Mm. And we're going to talk on this call uh, heteronormatively and that I'm going to assume from my perspective that the masculine in this case is the man, the feminine is the woman, but we can switch that 50 different ways and say, how does, how can you just talk about full expression of sexuality of the feminine 
And then let's just wrap a little bit together about how men can both facilitate that, create a space for that, and then hold space for that. Yeah. Because you and I talked last week of, I remember the first time a woman cried when we were having sex. And this was not, this was pre-enlightenment. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is not good. I've either hurt her or she's upset or I did something wrong and I want to get the fuck out of here as fast as possible. This was a number of years ago for people listening. Uh, and because no one had ever said, right? And this, and maybe at the time I was um, 19 or 20, but no one ever really said that ever. It wasn't until, you know, five, six years ago when I really took a deep dive into consciousness and sacred sexuality that it was explained. But please talk to me about the full expression and then how we as men and women facilitate for each other. Amazing. I, I love this. I love this question so much. Um, okay. Let's talk about things that are a part of the feminine, pleasurable, orgasmic experience. Please. Moaning. Mm-hmm. We know that, mm-hmm. right? We all know that. That's, that's what happens in porn. So that probably means that's what means a woman's having a good time, right? Gotcha. Yes. And we're going to yes and that. Okay. So crying. Mm. speaking, speaking other languages, <laughs> downloads coming in that, that are, are about, um, past lives or mm. things that seem completely unrelated to the sexual experience, mm-hmm. screaming, mm. actually getting angry at you. Mm-hmm. All of these things can be included in the full range of the feminine expression in orgasmic states, especially when you are reaching some of the deeper cervical orgasm, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, like in cervical orgasm is specifically when it starts to get a little bit like, you know, stranger than fiction here, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. Th- things get a, things get a, a little bit different often yeah. in the experience of cervical orgasm because you've actually penetrated above the heart. The, oh, the wow. cervix is actually <clears throat> the, um, the gateway into the heart in your um, anatomical reflexology in, mm. in the yoni. So as you, as you penetrate the, the cervix, and if you're, if you're pushing up against that, oftentimes women will have experiences that are um, mystical. You know, there, there will be things that happen that don't make a lot of sense. And to the masculine who is very linear and mm. likes things to make sense, this can be like, I don't understand it, therefore it's bad, right. and it can be shunned. And right. for women growing up in a primarily um, masculine society, oftentimes we don't have permission for this. We don't have permission for the full range of feminine expression the way that we did in tribal days. Right, right. So, right, right. so that primal energy of like being able to like growl or express or just, you know, some of the things that might seem like that, you know, the, the darker side of, of feminine orgasm, um, is, uh, it, there, there's not a lot of permission for it and it's not really explained. And so, so we, we sort of limit ourselves to, uh, uh, what I would call, um, you know, an imitation of porn, an imitation of porn right. or an imitation of Hollywood, or right. you know, we think our, our sexual expression needs to look like something that we've seen and right. we don't have very good role models. Yeah. Or, so, any, role models. or any, I mean, right. yeah. Where are the role models in this right. area? Right. So, so it's like, um, 
I, so I think it's like women can learn to give ourselves more permission for this and men can learn to hold space for that. If something doesn't make sense to you, it probably means that it's something really amazing and you just haven't experienced it yet. Um, so like changing the frame in our, our sexual experience to have a lot more permission for one another. How would you, how do you speak to women about giving them that permission if they're coming to you as a client or if they're coming to you as a friend and it's not their male partner, if they're the ones who are initiating this conversation? Because I have found that uh, in just about everything in life, it's women who are initiating the conversation now. Hopefully that will change. How do you give women permission to fully express themselves in that way? Or what's that conversation like? In, are you talking about how I support them in having permission to have this conversation with their partner or how no. I support them in just initially giving themselves more permission? Yeah, and initially giving themselves full permission uh-huh. to say, oh, wow, I'm allowed to roar. I'm allowed to moan. I'm allowed to scratch and bite and kick and squirt and snot and cry and do all the things. How do you, how do you have that conversation? Well, I think it, you know, it's, it's interesting because oftentimes I end up holding a space where I lead by example, you know, show, show people more of a full range of expression um, and, and give people, I like to give women exercises of exploring their shadow or their ugly side or the things that they think are flawed about themselves or whatever it is that mm. they think about themselves is too much mm. and really bringing a, a loving presence and a deeper wisdom to the beauty that is actually contained in these, in these parts that we think are unlovable or undesirable. So a lot, a lot of my work, I mean, not a lot of my work, some of my work is based in Jungian psychology, which is the study of the shadow and then the golden right. shadow. And so oftentimes our power and our beauty is tied up in these aspects of ourselves that we think are not worthy or that aren't lovable. And, um, you know, so, I mean, just to give a couple examples of things that people, just the the headline of things that um, people can try women listening into this call. Um, One is, I mean, just absolutely, you know, getting naked in front of the mirror and actually taking a moment to really just look at yourself and witness all of you, you know, I mean, witness the, the freckles and the, the imperfections mm-hmm. and the, you know, the wrinkles and mm-hmm. the cellulite and the, 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 the fat rolls in the stomach and that like weird spot where it's like, I have a wrinkle over my kneecap. Like that wasn't there <laughs> when I was 22, you know, I mean, it's like, but actually just looking at these parts of ourselves and, and witnessing them and being with them. And then the, the kind of bonus round of this is actually taking that into a self-pleasure practice where you literally pleasure yourself and get off to the flaws, the things that you don't like about yourself. You can also do this with character and personality flaws. Like, oh, I don't like that I'm controlling, you know, so like actually pleasure yourself and bring yourself to an orgasmic state yeah. about the thing that you don't yeah. like about yourself. So that's kind of one of the ways that I, I've uh, found to bring out of the shadows some of these aspects of ourself that we, that we don't like. You can do this with, with uh, fantasies and desires. You know, there's this also, this, there's this idea that if I have a fantasy that is like 
something wrong that I probably wouldn't share on the Zoom call right now. <laughs> I have a fantasy like that. That uh-huh. that 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 means that it's happening in the in real life, and that's not okay. Yeah. But actually, fantasy is one of the ways that we exercise our demons in a healthy way. If we can meet it with love, then we don't end up, you know, a part of the, you know, trillion dollar porn industry or a part mm-hmm. of the sex trafficking industry. Right, you know, right, I mean, right. and and not saying that all porn is bad. I mean, there's we dive into that whole topic, yeah. right? But it, it's like the some of these. Um, fantasies or 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 parts of ourselves that we might judge we can actually bring out of the shame shadow and into a place that is seen and loved and even pleasured to so these are some aspects of things that i you know work with people on and teach them but that you can do at home later tonight or right now because you know yeah because no one's showing themselves on video on. exactly the this is the only on. call by the way no. that no one has showed up on video <laughs> It's like, I assume, just so you know, everybody watching this, that you are masturbating to this call because we can't see you. Just Everyone on this call is masturbating, everybody. 100%. That's a 100%. fact. 100%. That's we are the only two people on the call, and you know, I, you can't see my hands. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, for the guys, um, mm-hmm. right. one of the things that I've told guys a number of times is take responsibility for the room, take responsibility for the frame, but you are not responsible for the, um, the expression that's happening. So it's not about you. When, you're, when the feminine is doing its stuff, when it's having a, an experience that I don't understand or I wouldn't have myself, to say to guys, it's not about you. Don't worry about that. Just hold a space right. where you, you know that if, if the, you, you get the, you'll understand if something's gone wrong. If something's gone wrong, you are responsible for holding the space of the room and making sure that your partner is okay. And we're going to get into later um, some check-in points as so that you would know that that's not really happening. But let this process unfold. This is, I, I love the, I uh, use the image for guys of like, you're a whiteboard. Why not? I'm a CrossFit coach. And here's what the feminine does. It will come and splash the greatest color and magic and sparkle and paint and all of this stuff that we can't create and we can't uh, conjure up. You guys just do that. Boom. It's all over us. And it'll come off. And certain times, maybe not sexually, the feminine will come and dump a bunch of shit all over the whiteboard. And you're like, okay. I'm just going to be the whiteboard and eventually it will come off. And so you take the same attitude and the same approach, which is I'm going to be the center here. I love the idea of, uh, you know, Michaela, Michaela Bohm taught me this, the idea of the pin of the masculine is like the pin through a butterfly that still lets the, the wings flap and all of the movement happen, but it is an anchor point so that the butterfly doesn't fly outside the room. And that was really helpful for, and something that I've told to a number of men of be there and most important, just stay present. Don't go into your head about, holy shit, what does this mean? What does this mean about me? But stay present for your partner and allow her, give her the permission through your body language, through your eye contact, through your breathing, through your presence to allow her to have an experience that she probably wouldn't have without you. 
Because what do you know? We may all be in this together. Holy shit. Wait, wait. we're in this together? You mean we're not like competing on opposite teams and throwing rocks at each other? Oh, it's a whole nother conversation, Jamie. It's a whole nother conversation. I believe that the masculine and feminine is finally coming together. I do too. Absolutely. We're We're building bridges. Yeah, we're we're building bridges and we're doing it with, with conversations like this. So thank you for sharing that. That's absolutely amazing. And I think a takeaway that everybody can immediately get and work with. So if we could transition, if you don't mind, uh, I would love to talk about, and this isn't directly sexual, but relationship initiation. What happens? Because I had guys on calls this week who say, you know, I meet someone and we we have an experience together, maybe not sexually, maybe sexually, and then everything in my life suddenly feels different. Does that make sense or have you experienced that yourself? And if so, could you speak to it a little bit? Yes. Um, I, everything feels different. Um, are you meaning like in what way everything feels different? In both. So not just their relational life, but I have people that say like, I don't really want to live in the city I live in anymore. My job doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. Things that used to be important to me. And this isn't puppy love. It's not the like, I just want to give everything up and skip through a field of wheat. It's, oh, wow, the deeper sense of, huh, change is on the horizon. I can't conceptualize it with my brain, but I can feel it coming. And I can feel that this relationship, maybe a better way to put it, is going to call for me to be a different evolution of myself, one that I want to take, but I'm also a little bit shit scared about it. Got it. Thank you. Clear. Okay. So you might be going through a relationship initiation if this is happening. Mm. Um, I believe that the way that we show up to our dating life mm. and are the process of finding a relationship is preparing us for the epicness of the partnership that mm. we are about to enter into. And so when there's like a, like a pattern interrupt, like I am going through life and everything's great. And then, or maybe it's not great, but mm. I meet someone and they reflect something in or me. I that's think like, it's great. Right. <laughs> right. I think it's great right. on the surface, right? Right. And then something deeper is being asked. Something deeper mm. is actually being initiated. And this person is reflecting exactly the place that I might need to clean up in order to up level into the relationship that is coming towards me. Wow. How do you advise people to work through that discomfort or that um, discombobulation? Because I imagine it feels like, oh shit, everything that I thought was true may not be true. And that's always just an unsettling feeling for people. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, it's very uncomfortable. Um, I have gone through many re- relationship initiations in my life really? and um, I'm in the kind of coming out of one okay. in, in, at this time. And um, my embodied experience and also studied experience mm-hmm. with this and in working with people going through this process is that whatever you run away from chases you. 
<laughs> and whatever you face fully respects mm. your facing of it. And, um, and so it's like, I, I, I look at discomfort as this very interesting phenomenon mm. where if we look at life as, um, an experiment in surrendering and an experiment in, in, um, in showing up fully mm-hmm. that we, that sometimes we can actually front load our discomfort and really face it and go through it such that it then gets integrated. And it's a part of our experience. If, as long as we're not resisting it, mm-hmm. whereas if we try to avoid the discomfort that of the discomfort of heartbreak, the mm. absolute shattering of heartbreak. I mean, this is a big one. If we try to avoid right. being broken open, then right. we never become opened and we just remain mm. armored and in a subtle layer of discomfort all the time. Where right. if we just let ourselves break fully open and just say, okay, okay, love, ravish me. Mm. Just, just just take me. Okay, mm. I'm here. Then, then it in that process, we actually shed the layers of armoring that were causing the subtle discomfort in the first place. The part that breaks is our ego. The part that Mm. breaks is the part of us that isn't real anyway. The part that breaks is, is the part of us that is ready to be upgraded. And what remains is the truth. What remains is, is this, beautiful radiant expression of love that has passed through that eye of the needle of allowing itself to be broken. And I believe that that is one of the most sacred processes of partnership initiation that exists. And it shows up in many different ways Mm. and, um, and it's challenging. So my advice for, for how to, to go through it is not fancy. My advice for how to go through it is not, um, popular because but it's what works it's what's real and that is actually facing the feeling and feeling the things that we don't want to feel and and even inviting it there's a way that it's like it's like in every moment like you know like the tantric practice of of embracing heartbreak and discomfort Mm -hmm. in relationship is to fully welcome it as part of the human experience and really surrender every part of ourselves to it like i mean to give you an example me laying on my bed for two hours in heartbreak, you know, just continually inviting it deeper mm. and deeper and deeper. Like break me all the way. Don't oh. leave anything. Oh, Jamie. And then in that process is like the greatest freedom. Yeah. It's the greatest freedom to really just then be in the fullest expression of love and showing up to meet love in service. Mm like in devotion to love. And then it's like my feelings of discomfort. It's like, you know, it's like watching them from a witness place of like, yep, this is all part of the process. And there's like a, there's a joy in it. There, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a real um, joy of, of really being, of feeling ready Mm -hmm. for partnership in, in letting yourself break in that way. And mind you, this experience that I'm talking about of heartbreak was kind of like, a final, like, it's like if I had in my years of work on myself of like, you know, 12 years of working, working on myself deeply in, in, you know, somatic arts and trauma release and central embodiment and, you know, quantum physics and all of the different things I've studied. It's like, 
in all of those years of work, I feel like I had penetrated 22 of the 25 layers of heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And those last three layers were the most challenging, but all the work and the resistance and everything that I had put in until that moment was necessary in order to get to the place where I was ready to actually be fully broken open. Wow. I didn't know that that was going to go there. So. Um, thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. That was yeah. fucking beautiful. It's, it's just, yeah, it's so beautiful to hear it and to feel it coming through you of what you're saying. Just the honesty and the vulnerability is absolutely breathtaking. So thank you. You're very um, welcome. Wow. That was magic. Can you speak a little bit since you are speaking about vulnerability and surrender yeah. about how people can bring that level of both and let's throw in sacredness as well. Cause I think that word, even though it gets thrown around lightly, uh, I don't throw it around lightly, especially in the sexual realm. How can people bring both men and women, even though go figure not a lot of dudes are on this call, but I, I celebrate the ones who are, and know that they'll be listening. How do we all bring more vulnerability, surrender, and sacredness to our sexual experiences? Mm, such a great question. And I just love these beautiful yeah, women who are now showing in. their faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy, like I'm not in here alone. <laughs> um, three people on the call aren't masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. We got to <laughs> talking about heartbreak and vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so bringing vulnerability to sex. Um, I think the key and like a, an easy, well, not easy, but the starting point with this is in becoming fully aware of and giving full permission to ourselves for all of our sexual desire. So I believe that our true desires, like our deepest desires are one of the most vulnerable places that we can go in intimacy. Mm. And it's not the part that's like, oh, this is what I think they want, or this is what I think I should be. It's the, it's the truthful, deepest, most vulnerable desires that we have. Mm. And um, I think that's a great way to bring vulnerability to sex and and you and I talk about this sometimes in our mm -hmm. calls that we're always like this should be recorded right. one of the things that we talk about often is how there's like there's false vulnerability and then there's true real raw vulnerability mm -hmm. and and we know the difference in our experience and we know the difference when someone is bringing us false vulnerability as well right. so there there's a way of like vulnerability is kind of hip right now and I think a lot of people are faking it. And yeah, I think too. that we're just doing ourselves a disservice if we're doing that. Yeah. And, and really diving into the tr what's true for us and then sharing it in the moment can be a really vulnerable experience. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll just go with a personal example here for, with this. Please. There was um, a moment in um, opening to uh, my current lover in where we, we hadn't yet had intercourse and um and i was in a place of really being in you know you throw around we throw around the word sacredness right i was mm -hmm. i was in a a ritualistic tantric practice of 
deepening my own experience of my sexuality. And I mm. was like on a sex cleanse for um, about four months. Mm. And when I opened to a man again for the first time, it was, it was, it was intense. Like mm. there was a, there was a, there was a boundary in my body and a level of slowness mm. that was, that was greater than what I had experienced in the past. Mm. And so it, for me, I mean, I'm a sex coach. I'm supposed to just be like cool with everything, right? No, not necessarily. And, and so for me in this, in this moment of, <laughs> of about to enter lovemaking with someone for the first time, it was like there was a buildup and it was like clear that's where it was going. And I was just like, I don't know how to say this right now, but I'm experiencing a lot of boundary in my body and I just want to name it. And it's like, I'm feeling like I'm not ready and I want to slow down. Mm -hmm. And there's another part of me that really wants to dive in with you and thinks that I should be ready. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not, and that's, and that's what's true for me right now. And we stopped and we just like slowed down and we just, we laid there for a few minutes, you know, and he was like, well, thank you for, thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and there was, I could tell there was a part of him that didn't quite know how to be in this situation. And then there was a part of me that was like going to caretake and tell him how to be there. And I was like, Nope, Good. I'm just going to be with where I am right now. And, and he showed up, he showed up cause he had the space to show up. I relaxed into my feminine. I didn't tell him what to do. Right. You know, I was just, I was just there <laughs> and, and, and it ended up being this beautiful unfolding of, um, a very sensual experience that didn't actually move to intercourse that night. Right. But it was like, and, and then, and then when we did move into intercourse, it was amazing and I was fully yeah. ready and everything was online and, and, and yeah. it was great. And it took me some time. And so vulnerability shows up in many different ways for, for different people. That's how it showed up for me in that moment. And it was really just naming what was true for me and being in the experience that I had in that moment and letting him have his experience in that moment. And then he ended up sharing what that was like for him and like some past thing that that brought up. And we had this like really deep conversation based on this, um, this naming of a vulnerable truth. Hmm. Gorgeous. Thank you for sharing something personal. And I think shedding light on uh, a conversation that doesn't happen very often at all uh, especially in a pornographized culture, which like, I'm pretty sure that the way to get a woman, no matter where she is in the entire spectrum of her life, ready for sex is just to have the plumber come over and it's like, boom, she's good to go. So why wouldn't it be that if someone who we haven't had a lot of conversation or haven't even communicated that, wow, this hasn't been a part of your life for a while, or it hasn't been a part of my life. Here we're going to go from zero to 12 in about 15 minutes when that may be a process that needs to happen over the course of a couple of days. Well, I mean, this was also, this was like, I mean, we had been seeing each other for a little mm -hmm. while mm -hmm. and it just hadn't actually gone to this. Like I, I surprised myself. Like I thought I was ready. Yeah. You know, and it's just so interesting to really be in this conversation of the nuance of the moment. And yeah. be in tune with ourselves in such a way that it's like, oh, I thought I was ready and now I'm not. So I'm not going to bypass that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I love myself too much and I, and yeah. I love this connection too much to do. Right. Can you shed really quickly of mm -hmm. where the difference was with the where was ready and where was not? Was it your mind and the shoulds and the, 
the, the um, heightened energy and the excitement that was ready and just your body that wasn't for, for the logical species that's listening to this. Can you help us sort through that? Yes. To the logical species. Yes. Okay. Man talk. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was, it was like my, my, um, my, my body, my, mm-hmm. like my pussy, my mind, mm-hmm. my, um, you know, my body was ready. My heart was still mm-hmm. going through some stuff. Like my mm-hmm. heart needed like to be held mm-hmm. in the no. And then, it, and then it was ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of my own personal journeys has been this fascinating realization that my heart and cock are actually homies and that they communicate and yeah, yeah have it like, it's really fucking inconvenient. Um, remember your twenties when you're like, wow, what do you know? You guys are like on two separate parts yeah. of the planet. Yeah. Um, but now they, they send emails and they sometimes fuck things up. Um, anyway. So yeah, my, mine are in like a constant <laughs> telephone conversation. Like my pussy and my heart are literally so connected that it's like, okay guys, what's the, what's the verdict? You know, it's like a jury. <laughs> like it's a whole jury to divine wait. counsel. Yeah. I can just see yeah. them like floating divine, above your pussy. Divine your jury. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That would be a whole nother conversation. Maybe we do a, a part two one. of this. I uh, think we do. Talk about genital connection. Cause yes. you know, I joke that it's inconvenient. It's really not. Right. What it means is, okay, cool. Let's actually realize that there's, and for men listening to this, that means all of us, that there is a heart caught connection that we're probably dissociating from or bypassing or pornographizing so that we don't have to bring the two together but if we want to go to the next evolution of all of this, of not just relationship, not just sex, but conscious creating and co-creating, that those two better be, um, that you better be on Jamie's counsel. So you used a word that made my like, boop flag go up, which is sexual attunement. And can you talk a little bit about, for people who don't know what that is, a little bit deeper? And then one thing that we had talked about earlier was checking in with each other the masculine and feminine checking in in this process so that the your partner would know that this was happening to you where it wouldn't have to be like okay full stop like you didn't know this but i'm having a completely separate experience than you are and so while you're all go i need to slow things down so can we talk about sexual attunement and some checking in yes yes so um i'm going to talk about this in two ways to the feminine beings um how we can actually help our masculine counterparts become more sexually attuned is through the gift of language. Um, I think often it's like, this is where it's like actually speaking, what Mm -hmm. is literally happening in my body right now? Like, you know, just kind of double clicking on the experience I shared personally. Um, The man that I was with was very attuned already. Mm -hmm. And me sharing like, I don't know. I'm having this experience. It's a little bit confusing. This part's happening, this part's happening and this part's happening. And one way of frame that we can, we can do that with is like, my heart is saying X, Y, Z. My body is saying X, Y, Z. My mind is saying X, Y, Z. My pussy saying X, Y, Z. Just so you know, like all of this stuff is going on in me right now. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to necessarily have a fully succinct well thought out bullet pointed version of what's going on it can help just to give them the like run through the gamut 
Mm-hmm. Um, because often women are like, I don't know how to say it's confusing. And I know, I know it's very confusing what's happening, but to try to give language to it can be really helpful for men. Now for men, what is really helpful is um, beginning to actually live in your body a little mm-hmm. bit more. You know, the work that Traver does is so amazing because his work with the primal is actually getting men to be more embodied. And I, I do this with women as well. And, and that helps with women's pleasure. But being more in your body as a man helps with your sexual attunement. Because then you're more aware, because attunement is something that does not arise in the mind. It actually arises in the body. It's a felt sense. So there's a somatic experience of like a sensational shift or a jolt or a shock or something that happens in the body that's like something just changed in her. And you feel that sense in your body. And, and Traver can probably speak to this more. But this is what I have done in my work with men and seeing men in couples and, and just men that are you know, in, engaging in intimacy and learning more about how to dive deeper into the nuances. Like It's actually paying attention to the sensational shifts. You know, does, your, does your heart start beating faster all of a sudden or your adrenaline rush or, or something feel like pulling away? And are you noticing her, you know, picking up on her doing that as well? I mean, the mm-hmm. visual cues can be, can be great as well with, you know, I mean, is she pulling away? Mm-hmm. Is, she, is she smiling? Is she turning her head away? Does it feel like she's somehow trying to get away from you? Mm-hmm. You know, or is she turning towards you? Are there suddenly tears? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, it now and then checking in about those things? Because mm-hmm. tears might mean like, oh my God, I'm opening and this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a man might take that and just assume, oh, you know, she's upset. Well, no, mm-hmm. she, she might be having like a, a really powerful experience right now and might actually not want you to stop. And yes, checking in about that subtle shift that just happened in her mm-hmm. is important or not so sh- subtle shift that just happened mm-hmm. in her. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for that. Uh, the checking in thing has been my own journey with, Um, just full disclosure with kind of rebelling against it when it was framed to me as like, this is something you need to stop. Like, okay, we still good. Okay, cool. Start again. And then having it explained to me by people uh, on your side of the coin that it doesn't need to be so like pause, like so logical and linear. And then realizing that I actually was checking in by focusing on you know, one of my obsessions, just as a super personal, is breath change. Of like, when does the breath change? Like, oh mm. shit, that's what I'm after. I'm after the breath change and I'm after watching it. And it's, I don't know, it fucking turns me on. And I like it. And it, it's, it's also not sociological, I don't want to get logical, but for guys listening to this, pay attention to that shit and feel it. And then figure out ways to check in that aren't standing up, shaking off and being like, are you good? And then coming back into the experience. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I would say about that is, is for, for men, like how can you check in, in a way that actually does not disrupt the vibration that is currently happening? Yeah. Like, it's like, if you look at this, like we are playing a musical symphony, mm. you know, you don't want to come in with like, a, like a really loud trombone when it's like the flute section, you know? So, so it's like, if you can check in 
in a way that that's like, you know, still in the vibration of like, you know, like I noticed, I noticed this happen. Yeah. You know, let's stop for a moment, you know, like make it, you know, or let's slow down for a moment, you know, like actually still leading the way, Mm. but in a way that isn't like an abrupt right turn, like let it be smooth in, in how you do it. And, and you're amazing at this Trevor. Like you absolutely have um, such a great ability with, with this. I mean, I can even tell in the way that you have conversations with me that you understand this. Um, There's a way that the way that you check in and even just say like, Hey, how are you? Is like, you're attuning to my vibration by the way that you ask that question, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, this is, this is both inside the bedroom and outside the bedroom. We've never been in the bedroom together, just to be clear about that. I didn't mean to make it seem that way if I did. It's um, okay. But for those but, of you listening, but I just, anyway, that's just me naming everything. Yeah. Um, but it, there's, there's just a way that it's like a man can really tune in and, and, and still lead right. while, while showing that he is aware and cares right. about her experience. I frame it to the guys this way, that you can't lead if you're not checking in. You, you, how, how can you lead? How can you lead if you don't know what's going on? You know, and if we tell what are you fucking leading your own agenda? Like, no, Mm. we don't care about that. Right. Right. You're walking out there on your own, literally with just your own pleasure and experience in mind. And I think one of the, um, one of the key things for guys listening on this call is that this is something that Jamie, we don't talk about as men. And I don't think is in the male conversation a lot. And it sounds so, this is going to sound like probably kindergarten to everybody else on the call that the person we're with can be having an entirely different experience than we are. Yeah. Let's just leave, like put that out into the male consciousness, the woman or partner that you're with can be having an, actually is having an entirely different experience by being penetrated, by being opened, by being led than we are as the masculine. And so just to have that frame coming in of, Oh, wow. This person's not me. I could be fucking loving this and she may not. Just letting that seep down into our, especially into our hearts of if I'm going to hold the room, if I'm going to hold the frame of the room, if I'm going to be the leader in this experience, then I cannot shut off my heart because my brain doesn't figure shit out because it's got no blood in it because it's all down in my dick. But my heart can go, oh, what do you know? I sense things. I can feel things. What do you, ah, there's this subtle layer happening and the subtle experience happening that I actually want to check in before we get to the blunt, like, did you just tap me on the shoulder? Okay. Before we get to that, the obtuse, let's deal with the, um, the, the more, the, the slower, the more energetic. Heart cock connection. Very important. Heart-caught connection. I think that's what we're going to name this um, this episode, just so you know. The heart-caught connection with Jamie Thompson, if you don't mind. I'm down. Sure. <laughs> You're like, whatever. I mean, uh, I don't feel like that fully encapsulates it, but we, we can talk about that later. Okay. I'm open to uh, <laughs> It's going to be nothing like that. And you guys are going to be like, oh, wow, who's the leader? Like, <laughs> no, he's attuning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will know that he attuned. You know? uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jamie, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I would love to ask, this is something we started doing on, on the podcast. 
if someone listening could help you because you have just dropped mm. like literally uh you've just taken the entire male population and gone like okay white belts now you are solid blue belts if you just listen to what she said and apply these three mm. things and to the female population i imagine you've given some helpful mm. experiences as well if someone listening could help you further your mission, further what you're doing, get you to an audience that you need to be in front of, because your work is so fucking important. It's just so important. I can feel it. I can feel your passion for this and just how you express yourself so openly. It's going to help people. How can someone help you? Mm. Wow, I love it. Um, that's such a beautiful, vulnerable question. Um, so currently i i have a, a large instagram following and that's amazing and i'm working on now expanding my facebook reach and so i'm beginning to put more attention there in going live more and um and just posting there more and really wanting to engage in conversation there because it feels more personal than instagram okay so um that's so i mean if anyone on here liked this conversation or thinks that this conversation would be valuable for other people to be a part of, this is the conversation that I want to be having more often. And um, so Facebook is, is one place that I do that. So for people listening, follow me there. Can you, yeah. can you spell out your Facebook page? I posted it for everybody else uh, right. who's not masturbating on the chat. <laughs> Um, but for everybody who's listening at home, uh, Jamie, how do people find, let's just transition into that. How do we get sure. more Jamie in the world? Okay. More Jamie in the world. Um, so my Facebook, um, is, you know, facebook.com slash miss M I S S Jamie J A M I E Elizabeth E L I Z A B E T H miss Jamie Elizabeth facebook.com slash miss Jamie Elizabeth. Boom. That's how you find me there. And, um, that's more up to date. My website is, is like something I had someone create, uh, three years ago and, <laughs> but you can go there. Um, it's, it's jamieelizabeththompson.com. Um, Jamie Elizabeth Thompson, T H O M P S O N. Mm. Um, and then I also have Instagram, which is at symbol holistic sex coach. Beautiful. And, um, and I, I have a program coming out. Should I share that? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Of okay. course. Like, I want so, the world to have more genes. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, I have a program coming out that is actually for women, a course that I'm very excited about. It's called The Erotic Muse. And it's a way for women to dive more fully into the multifaceted essence of our full erotic nature and become a muse for ourselves such that we are our own greatest inspiration and and really get in touch with all the different layers of our sensuality and so i have four different muses and they're based on the four elements and each week we take on a different muse and learn how to more fully embody that particular part of our erotic expression such that we are more radiant and vibrant feminine beings in the world <sighs> So that's so that's going to be coming out soon. So um, I, I have a, a I, there's going to be a link in here probably that's a quiz you can fill out mm -hmm. um, to discover to discover your erotic essence. Okay. I have a quiz for discovering your erotic essence, as if that can be quantified, right? You know, but like we do our best. So um, and and that will get you on my email list, and then you can find out more about the erotic muse course. If you are interested in the erotic muse course, I will have. 
of an early bird discount. So send me a message on Facebook for that. Awesome. And tell five people about Jamie. Everybody on the call, please tell five people about Jamie. Um, thank you so much. Please let me acknowledge you, not just for the work that you're doing with people, but just for the position that you still hold in my life as someone who I know I can go to with a to any topic. And I'm going to get both your, your heart and your brilliant mind together. And so many times, uh, not only have you been generous with your time with my men's groups and with them, but just with me personally, and then in my own relationships, that's reflected. And then I always take something from that you give me and give it out to the male world. Mm -hmm. So even that, though that may not be your direct audience, you have a direct reflection on men in the world and therefore on their relationships with women. So from the bottom of my heart, I love you dearly. You're fucking hilarious. And I'm so, so grateful to have you on this call sharing with everybody and in my life personally. Thank you. Mm. Fully received. Thank, Thank you. you. Favor. Thank, you. Thank you. And for those of you listening at home or listening on a podcast that's not live, uh, please go to iTunes and give me a review. This was just an idea a couple weeks ago and now it's an actual thing. So let's actually turn this into something. My goal is to have conversations that people aren't having. Because what do you know? This is a time when it feels like um, maybe the progress isn't going as quickly as it could because people are ashamed to have conversations or are getting shamed when having conversations. And yet the results that we're seeing in the world are not really that good, especially in this, this arena uh, with relationship and, and um, conscious relating. So for people who are more interested or want more of me, I'm at Traver Bohm, T-R-A-V-E-R-B-O-E-H-M on Instagram, pretty much live there. You can go to my website, www.manuncivilized.com. And you guys, I am about three chapters away from finishing a book for men, which is going to be fucking rad. And I was told by the editor slash pseudo publisher, I will have a copy in my hand in three weeks. <sighs> I've been living like a um, autistic hermit, just like material <laughs> and like not showering and like crying to myself and holding myself for the past couple weeks to get this thing written. But I swear to God, it's going to be a, it's going to be a game changer for everybody who came on the call tonight, especially you people who showed yourselves. Thank you so much for all of your time, your mm -hmm. attention, your energy, and your love for Jamie. This doesn't exist without any of you. And we both sincerely appreciate all of the above. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your night. Please go be uncivilized as fuck. Mwah. Love you all, Jamie. I love you to death. Take care. Love you so much.